We are live. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill? I'm looking forward to this, man. We went, we're going way down south to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to get a great guest that we got to another NYPD connection, Carlos Fognoli, who's a detective on the Fort Lauderdale Police. And uh, you can introduce our guest, Mark. I don't want to take your thunder. Uh, it's fine, Bill. Um, <laughs> our guest tonight is the president of the Fort Lauderdale Fraternal Order of Police. Um, and uh, if you're a New York City cop and you're thinking about doing a lateral to Fort Lauderdale, this is the guy to know. So pay attention tonight, folks. Uh, our guest is uh, Brandon Diaz. What's up, Brandon? How are you? How are you guys doing? Good. What's going on? Brandon, you just hit 20 years, right? I hit 20 years this year. You look young. How old are you? I'm 43. Get out of here, really? Yeah, I don't I don't have any hair to turn gray, so that helps. <laughs> it does, it does. Do you dye your beard? No. No, you will soon, dude. I'll give you another two years. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> now I got the grays all over here. I can't grow out my beard anymore because it's going to be all white. I could be totally gray, but we never know. So um, so you said you, uh, you, you got on the job in 2001? Yeah, 2001, I started with Fort Lauderdale. And you did a lot. You went through the ranks. You worked in a lot of, uh, like I like to say, pretty cool places. Yeah, I did. I was pretty blessed in my career. I got to start out in, in road patrol like everybody else does. And then from there, I went to a district tag team. We worked on uh, burglary robbery suppression. And then later, I went to a citywide tag unit, which concentrated more on violent crimes. And we still did the burglary stuff, but more violent crime concentrated. And then I worked the canine for three and a half years and then moved up to the detective bureau where I did some economic crimes and then violent crimes. How big is that police department? Like how many officers, how many square miles does Fort Lauderdale police uh, have to cover? We have 530 members. Uh, we'd probably be a little bit undermanned for the size of our city because there's 184,000 plus residents. And during the day, that swells because every other city comes into Fort Lauderdale to work. So we're looking at a million is, plus people. Is this one of your hardest details, this picture I have up on the screen now? now? If I ever work the beach, I can answer that for you. <laughs> I think I'll get there in overtime or spring break. That's about it. Well, no. Bill, uh, Bill's got a great picture of how packed it gets there on the weekends. How, did, how With a, a police department of 530-something people, um, how do you manage that? We have a pretty good system in place. The, uh, I think learning from your mistakes from all the years that we've been dealing with those large crowds, they've gotten very good at crowd control. There's barricades they put up for the big weekends when they're gonna have a lot of people on the beach like that. Memorial Day, 4th of July, all those, all those times of year, spring break, they'll have you know barricades set up. Everybody's kind of controlled where they can ingress and egress. And it's a lot, it's very helpful to all of our officers. They're able to handle the crowds pretty easily like that. Brandon, you know what I was amazed of? Years ago, I was in San Diego, and they let people bring kegs onto the beach. And I was like, oh, my God, how did they get away with that? No, because, I mean, I think that's a little dangerous, right? Not just because yeah. of you know people getting drunk and drowning, but just the fact that all these people drinking on the beach, people that don't know each other, it opens up a lot of room for beefs and stuff, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a recipe for disaster. Of course, they're not allowed to drink on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. We know what happens. As long as they're under control, it's never an issue. Is there anybody going around? Do you guys know? Do you guys uh, have a nutcracker at your beach? A nutcracker? Yeah. You know, like the one guy that's looking for, for the no, 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 no. On the New York City beaches, there's a guy that walks around. He's got a cooler. There's a bunch of them. And they make this uh, concoction. And they put it in a bathtub and they, and it's uh they pour like uh, three different type of liquors and fruit punch in it. I don't know what it, it's like a hypnotic, but it's amazing. You all you need is one. It, it's they put it in a little um milk container, not a milk container. It's like the plastic milk container though, not the not the cardboard one. Um, it's about this big, and uh, mm -hmm. you finish one of those, brother. Let me tell you, if you go on to the second one. You're gonna you're gonna pass out soon, but it's a good day at the beach. Sounds like someone we don't want on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> I Brandon, think might cause some problems on spring break. Brandon, I'm gonna play a little short video of a recruitment video you guys have on your department, and uh, okay. it gives all viewers and our listeners 
a little idea of what Fort Lauderdale looks looks like if they've never been there. Okay. ...into a progressive and diverse community encompassing more than 33 square miles of beaches, parks, waterways, businesses, and homes. Known as the Venice of America, we are the largest municipality in Broward County and the eighth largest city in Florida with a population of 176,000 residents. However, that number does not include the additional 74,000 workers, plus visitors, students, business travelers, and tourists that frequent the city daily. Alongside the community, the Fort Lauderdale Police Department has evolved to better meet the needs of those we serve. Patrol Division. At the heart of the police department is the patrol division. Every officer starts their career in patrol. As the most visible representatives of our department and city government, these officers are the first to respond to routine and emergency calls for service. Operations Bureau includes the neighborhood action teams, marine unit, motor unit, and bicycle platoon. Community Support Division includes the crime prevention, homeless outreach, and mounted units. <laughs> Investigations Division includes follow-up criminal investigations as well as proactive initiatives that identify and stop criminals before they act. Citizens on Patrol. Working with members of our community, citizens patrol groups have proven to be an effective partner. Law Enforcement of Tomorrow. Developing our future leaders today. Law Enforcement Exploring is a career-oriented program designed to educate young people about the policing profession. With over 500 sworn law enforcement officers and 200 support personnel, we are dedicated to providing first-class public safety through advances in technology and 21st century policing. As the guardians of those we serve, being a Fort Lauderdale police officer is a highly responsible position that involves working hand-in-hand -hand with every one of our neighbors. Together, we help to build community. To maintain this standard, we accept only the most qualified, those who are motivated and career-minded, candidates who possess a strong sense of duty and a commitment to treat all people with dignity and respect. I think that the values that are most important for a police officer are good ethics and a true sense of responsibility. I believe the values that are most important in what we do is uh, courage and integrity. You know, the courage to do the right thing, even when nobody's watching. We're a catalyst to build the community. Um, the community can only exist if um, they can feel safe and secure in their house and we're there to uh, allow that to happen. As long as they have trust in the police force and in the police officers, then they can go around their business and the community can exist. Not only do I want to be the first hand that reaches in and the first face they see when they call the police in, in such a low place, but the one that reaches them out of there and also puts the offender behind bars. With one of the highest starting salaries in Florida, quality health benefits, a solid pension plan, educational incentives, and many career advancement opportunities, the Fort Lauderdale Police Department is the premier law enforcement agency in South Florida. Find out more at flpd.org or call 954-828-3573. Hey, what is this starting salary we're talking about here? 63000 now. And when does it bump up? Yeah, it goes up every year. We have uh, 11 steps to reach the top pay. So you get a top pay of uh, 97934 How long is the police academy? It's about six months. Why, Mark? You think you're thinking you're going to go on it now? You're an old bastard. You didn't I mean, get if you're on. a lateral yeah. transfer, it's much shorter. <laughs> coming down. Yeah, if you're certified, it's a lot my shorter. My mother's there. I, you know, actually, my mother lives there with my stepfather and uh, my sister. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, I would love to move down there, man. That, that would be like ideal. But uh, man, I don't know. I'm such a New Yorker. Yeah, Brandon. Those, what's those the winners? Uh, you'll miss them. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, we, I mean, I follow along with uh, South Florida a lot, the, the crime statistics and stuff. And uh, Miami 
recently had 23 people shot in a shooting, but you guys are about, what, an hour outside of Miami? Uh, we're about a half hour from Miami. A half hour. So it's pretty close. The, yeah. I mean, and I, I hear there's a, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of guns in Florida, period. Right. You want to maybe comment on that? There's, there's a lot of guns, a lot of legally owned guns, but there's also a lot of illegal guns. We do have, uh, just like every big city, we have, you know, violent crime is seen an uptick in that. We're probably above the national average for violent crime in the city. So if, if you're going to be a police officer here, you're going to do some police work. You're going to go to some shootings. You're going to see some guns. And uh, like I asked you before about uh, just the, you know, how big it, I always like to know how big Fort Lauderdale is. I know that there's the beach and, uh, and there's the, you know, where everybody stays at the hotels by the beach, but past that, it gets a little sketchy, right? There's some neighborhoods there that probably uh, there's a lot of cr this this crime there. Yeah, just like any any big city, we have you know areas that are really upscale, huge mansions, million dollar homes on the water, things like that. And then you go all the way into areas that you know uh, poor neighborhoods, high crime neighborhoods. Uh, the city has it all. We definitely run the gamut here. I also noticed that um, in the video they showed uh, that Bill put on it was a uh, single man cars so is that how you guys roll it's with one officer in, a, in an rmp yeah single man cars and everyone's dispatched with uh with the partner so you're going to have two to a call at all times um unless for some reason somebody cancels you know their backup but they're one to a car two dispatch at a time well that's interesting brendan as a union rep as a guy who's representing the cops in fort lauderdale what's some of your biggest problems you're encountering these days uh, more of the political ones, you know, the the guys having to deal with the national narrative against policing, the, the, the same things everybody's dealing with nationwide. You know, we have people that probably don't want to be the police anymore and for good reason. They don't want to get beat up in the public. They're sick of hearing about how they're, they're, they're bad. They're oppressing people. They're violating people's rights. When that's the furthest thing in, from their mind when they go to work, you know, they want to take care of the community. They want to put bad guys behind bars. That's why we all got the job. And how about like with something like stop, question, and frisk? Have you encountered problems with that in Fort Lauderdale? We haven't. I wouldn't say we, we've run into problems with that. Um, our guys have definitely backed off uh, the proactive policing, and for good reason. They don't want to become an example. Um, I don't blame them. I, I wouldn't want to have to represent them in, in a case like that. So you, you are seeing a, a little less of that proactive policing that, that you would see in, in past years and past decades, for sure. And does that result in a higher level of shootings? Is there more shootings because of that? Yeah, you, one would guess that that's the correlation, right? You're not making contact with people. You're not taking those guns off the street. If you're not taking the guns off the street, they're still in the hands of the criminals and they're going to do the shooting. So it, the correlation seems to be there. And you, have, you still have a lot of plainclothes units, I would imagine. We do. We have um, we have a, a big rock team. They're the rapid offender control unit, and they they go out and deal with those kind of those kind of issues. Did he? Do they think they're Crockett and Tubbs or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's wearing those those nice suits anymore. But. You know something, young people. I, I dated myself so much. Young people probably have no idea who Crockett and Tubbs were, right? <laughs> right. They got to wait for the remake. Hey, that was great. that was a great show, by the way, uh, when it first came out. Uh, Miami Vice, yep, that was, yeah, that was yeah, great, was. right? The uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how about getting into the Marine unit? Is that as big a hook in my in a Fort Lauderdale as it is in New York City? Oh, no doubt. That's definitely the place you want to you want to go to at some point in your career. Uh, those guys don't give it up easily. They get to the Marine unit and they're going until they until they retire. Oh, I imagine man. it's a good place to work. Uh, Raquel Pranzo Pranzo asks us uh, how many women on the force. Ah, that I don't know. I know our minority numbers are good, and that includes uh, blacks, Hispanics, and women. Um, but I, I don't know the, the actual number off the top of my head. Are you Cuban? I am, yeah. My dad's born in Havana. All right, man. You speak fluent Spanish? I don't. I grew up in Chicago. So you, oh, my uh, God. Look at this. Another fake Spanish guy. Yeah, my dad is uh, in New York yeah, City. There, you speak a Spanish? You speak a Spanish? Yeah, but I tell you what, are you are you referencing me that I'm a fake Spanish? I, I I was the guy that in the precinct. If you do know how to speak Spanish, 
Every day you'll get a call downstairs. Uh, oh, yeah, hey, uh, can you get Mayo to come down here? And we need a Spanish interpreter. Because I spoke Spanish. Uh, I'm half Dominican, but uh, I and, and that was the best Spanish I ever spoke in my life. I spoke it every day. <laughs> I miss sure, that. that sense you know? No, no, it, it is. It's and Now I, I look for people who speak Spanish just so I can practice a little bit. <laughs> Let me ask you something. You guys, uh, no matter how bad you think you got it there, okay, with all this nonsense that's going about around the country, um, you have the best governor in the country. <laughs> Just so you know, our governor sucks, yep. okay? And, I and governor, I'm voting for him for president. He just came out in a poll, by the way, DeSantis, um, ahead of Trump. They took a uh, an exit poll at some meeting that they had, and um, he, he was actually – Ahead of Trump on the on the exit poll of the people who who you'd vote for in in 2024, I think he's doing a great job. Um, I wish we had him here. I think our next governor has to be molded, and I think a lot of governors around the country are going to also be molded towards that. They're going to watch him, and and because that's that's the direction we're going in right now. People, even Portland came out with a a, a newsletter today about uh you know come come back to portland you know i don't know some nonsense but uh all these people are backpedaling right now they're realizing that uh all all this defund the police and and this uh, police reform it's not good for them they're losing money in these states in these cities so you guys got yeah. to man we do and he passed the law on hb1 this year uh that basically guaranteed the funding for the police in that law so yeah, uh, he's he's done a lot of good things. He's been he was right on COVID. He was he's been right the whole time. And the guy he doesn't say inflammatory things. He just speaks the truth, and he's a very good governor. We're very happy to have him. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, man. You want to trade? Not a chance. <laughs> I'll take a governor that supports law enforcement all day long. You can okay. you can you can have Andy. You can have Andy and his brother Chris. That they're so funny on CNN. Their jokes just were hilarious. You know, they were so funny. <laughs> I want to put uh, if you guys don't mind I want to put a friend of ours on the screen he's probably watching right now he's going to be so excited to see himself on the screen here and uh, look at this guy this is of course retired Nolly. I've been with the Fort Lauderdale Police Department for 10 years prior to working with Fort Lauderdale I was a New York City cop for 20 years I retired in 2010 I had it with the snow I wanted to go where the weather was warmer and uh, ended up in Port Lauderdale. And so a lot of things over the course of 20 years, I wouldn't know where to start. I was a 9-11 first responder. I uh, was down there when the Trade Center fell. This is the same light that I threw on top of my car on 9-11 to get down there as quick as I could. The, uh, the loss of life, uh, the families that lost their loved ones. I lost friends that day. I lost uh, co-workers that day. Um, but most of all, it was amazing how everybody came together. I love this job. You know, I'm, I'm surrounded by heroes all day long. How can I not want to give back? The 10 years that I have been here, uh, I've enjoyed working here. I enjoyed working with the people. Um, the department itself has been very supportive of me and my family. I highly recommend it to anyone who wants to come down. It's a great agency to work for. I'm lucky. I have no complaints in this business, none whatsoever. You gotta want this job, and to do it, and you know, the beauty of it is the people you work with. You know, you really are a team. So the cops watching this, keep your head up. That was nice. He was a good guest. Was a good yeah, guest. He, he's the best. I tell you what, Carlo came uh, twenty years NYPD, came down here, tons of energy, ready to go, wanted to lock up bad guys. He he is one hundred percent true blue. He's not kidding about anything he said. He really loves his profession. So Bill asked you earlier, like one of the most uh, things that are that people are, you know, you're a delegate. You're the head of the, the FOP, by the way, is, uh, for those who don't know, the Fraternal Order Police. Like you guys don't have a, you, like we have the PBA here. You don't have the PBA. You're, you're, you're part of uh, a nationwide FOP, right? Yeah, we're a much better union. Fraternal Order of Police, uh, of police is, is better than the PBA. Uh, you know, we get uh, every year after year, we have better contracts, higher pay than the PBA. So we have a better union here. So if you want to come down and switch, we got you. We'll be able to take you. Well, we, we, we nationwide, have... nationwide. So Fraternal Order Police is the largest police labor organization in the nation. 
You know, we have Ed Mullins with the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, my union, and he's not afraid to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. And he, he will say things that politicians just cringe at, and it's so great to see them cringe when he calls them whores and stuff like that. I just love it when he does that. <laughs> yeah, and then not only that, but over here, like you're the president of there of the FOP, but over here it's oh it's by rank too. So you have the PBA. He was right. talking about the SBA, and the Pat Lynch also has been the president of the PBA for a long, long time, and he's responsible for uh, how many police? That's officers? the that's the biggest union. They they he's probably responsible for over twenty thousand. Yeah. The SBA, I think, would maybe 5,000. If you count retirees, 13,000. But also that would inf uh, inflate the PBA's numbers too. But as you go up in rank, you know, there's less and less people in every rank. Lieutenants have right. XY and captains, you know. So it's. Well, we represent all of our members. We have 100% membership in the police department. So I represent everybody up uh, to the rank of the chief. Uh, as right now, they're booking numbers. Um, so the only ones that if we got a new chief, which we're in the process of right now, you know, they could join the FOP, but they wouldn't necessarily be uh, protected members, you know, by our, our bargaining unit. Say it's one of your members gets involved in a shooting. Do you right away have legal representation for them? Absolutely. Immediately. We actually would have the attorney come to the scene. If not, we put them on the phone with them in a car. So they're having contact with that attorney immediately. And they're taught, they're taught after a shooting how to uh, how to react and to keep their mouth shut and uh, to go to the hospital. For what is that, tinnitus it's called, with ringing in the ears? And, uh, tinnitus, get, yeah. No. Tinnitus, yeah, I can't even remember that stuff. And then, of course, treated for trauma because anyone involved in a shooting is definitely traumatized, I'm sure. Whether they realize it or not. Yeah. You, you were a street cop, and then you got involved with uh, – I guess getting involved in the union because you were involved in the shooting and I'm not, maybe things didn't go your way originally. What, what motivated you to become part of, like to get involved in, um, in the union aspect of the job? Well, I, I grew up in Chicago I'm in a police family. So I knew the, the value of the union, uh, but going through uh, basically the experience of being in that first shooting and then being kind of drugged through the mud, so to speak, in the media, Tell us about really, could you, would you mind telling us about it? Can you? Sure. I was I was uh, really lucky. I was in a uh, I was in attack unit. We were again going after violent felons all the time, and it was kind of one of those things. You're highlighted of the unit. You're going to get involved and stuff. And um, one was a the first shooting that I had was a uh, carjacking. A woman was carjacked at gunpoint. I ended up finding the car. We followed the car. When it stopped in traffic, he tried to uh, run over one of our officers. We ended up engaging him. Um, and then after that, it was, you know, we, we murdered this kid. We didn't, we didn't know his age. The windows were tinted. Couldn't tell how old he was. Um, and then couple that with the fact that he was a black 17-year-old male, they made it into a black-white thing when, in, in fact, it was a violent crime carjacking thing. And so having to deal with all of that, and it became a... They sent it off to the Justice Department to investigate it, FDLE, everybody else. So all different agencies had to look at it. And then sitting at home for, you know, months waiting for that all to come back. It took three and a half years before I went to the grand jury finally on it and got cleared. So it was a, it was a long, long process. And if it wasn't for having a union and having union representation, I don't know. I don't know how that would have gone. Just being involved in a shooting like that where it gets um, picked apart and the whole reason why it's 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 getting picked apart like just they're looking for something to nail you on yes you know what I'm saying so when you get to a point like uh, the, the thing the, the one that comes to my mind is Brianna Taylor I mean that that uh, no knock warrant um, I'm sure they went through that with a fine tooth and comb. Like, did they have whatever they needed to get the warrant? And then, but at the end of the day, you got the, everything cleared out. And they, they, they didn't get indicted. You know what I'm saying? They, they couldn't prosecute on them. I, I forget whether they got indicted or, or, or what was Well, well one of them actually did for, like, recklessly firing to, into the other apartment. I don't know what's going to be uh, the finality of that case, but 
uh, one of them did get charged. But the thing is, that, like you said, they, those cases get scrutinized. They pick apart every single thing. They look at they look at it, nail you. And when you get out of it, pretty much says you did everything by the book. They can't. They, they couldn't find one thing to nail you on. Yeah, can you think of another profession where they're going to look at your work and they're going to give it to, I don't know, two, three, four different agencies, the media, everyone in the public, and let them all look at it and try to come up with something you did wrong? Imagine think of another job like that. Imagine if a doctor, every time he lost somebody in a surgery, had to go through that. I don't know if they do. Yeah. I, doubt it's, I doubt it's that like that. Well, even if they do have to go through that, it's not in the newspapers. Exactly. It's not in the newspaper not tried in the court of public opinion. And it, you know, that, that hindsight 2020, you don't know what that's going through that officer's head at that moment, because they're only getting that information that's presented to them right that second. And they got to make that decision so quick. You're asking a lot of them. Well, you know, that, that incident where the uh, cop shot that 14 year old that was in the process of stabbing that other girl. I mean, yes. the press and everyone wanted so bad to take a piece of that cop. But then when they came out and they showed the video and they showed that his decision was correct, I still wouldn't want to be that cop and have to live with all of the second guessing everyone else has done with that. It turned out that he made the right decision, even though it was a horrible decision to have to make. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. I, my, my second shooting was actually um, a guy was terrorizing a neighborhood. He had a, what looked like a knife to me end up being a drywall saw. And one of our officers got him, was in a bad position. He lunged at him, went to stab him, and that's when I shot him. And that one, it, it became a public outcry for, why didn't they tase him? Why didn't they shoot his leg? Why didn't they do all these things? Well, that was an impossible scenario. I didn't have a taser. We have tasers now because of that. Um, but I don't think I would have switched to a taser in that scenario anyways. He was trying to kill one of the other officers, in my opinion. And I think I want to handle it the exact same way. Well, you know, Brandon, the horrible thing is when the president of the United States ignorantly says, why don't you shoot him in the leg? You know, it's like, here's the <laughs> yeah. chief executive of the United States, and he's making an asinine statement like that. And, you know, so if someone in a position that high can make that ignorant of a statement, just think of people in much lower positions, what they think, you know. Right, exactly. I'm a firearms instructor. I'm a pretty good shot, I think. I'm not going to try and shoot someone's leg. You don't know where that bullet's going to go if you don't hit that leg. Right, 100%. Mark, I think we got to go to a commercial quick. Uh... Listen up, guys and gals. We are sponsored by the best hot sauce in the world. Silk City hot sauce is made in small batches with pure ingredients. Locally grown peppers are the foundation of every bottle of Silk City hot sauce. There are several flavors from mild to wild. I have it every day. I'm on a strict diet because of the acidity in my uh, in my in my stomach. So, and it helps me, and I, I enjoy my food now. Otherwise, it'd be very bland. So, go to SilkCityHotSauce.com. Put in OTC. That is for off uh, off the cuff, and you'll get a 15% discount. Uh, pick up like four or five bottles, and you spend like 20 bucks. And then, trust me, you'll love it. All right. <laughs> Well, you convinced me. Folks, you're getting sick and tired of New York City, the high taxes of the Northeast, and you want to move down south, say, to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina? Well, Carol Waters can help you. She sells real estate down in Myrtle Beach. For 20 years, Carol Waters worked as a bartender at the Fitzpatrick Hotel in Midtown. And her and her husband, Rob Mayen, they became a team down there. Rob Mayen was a NYPD cop, rolled over to the FDNY, and now they're a tag team selling real estate down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So if you want to move down to South Carolina, give Carol Waters a call, 914-261-6681. Or you can email her at carolwaterssellsmb at gmail.com. Any of you guys getting in trouble? Well, if you do get in trouble, we got a great attorney for you. Joe Murray, who happens to be a retired member of the service, a retired police officer. He's a great supporter of Police Off the Cuff. You can contact Joe at his website at joe at jmurray-law.com, or you can call him at 718-514-3855. We wouldn't steal you wrong. Joe Murray, reach out to him if you're getting any any trouble. And what about the people tuning in tonight, Bill, in the com, uh, our chat room here? 
Well, we got, of course, Richella Pranzo and Peter Pranzo. Joan Guerrero uh, says it can be difficult enough to shoot a still target. You're right. I was never a, a 95 shooter myself, probably because I didn't practice enough. I was always afraid of the guy at the range that just had a big hole in the middle. I was like, that guy must sleep with the gun under his pillow. You know, He must kiss it during the night because look at that. One big hole right in the middle of the target. It was amazing. MC's Audio, how you doing, buddy? Cindy Bulger, do you know her, uh, Brandon? She seems to know you. He says, yeah, she says you, that's our executive director. Oh, great. She says you're a great president. I knew you had to throw us a few, throw us some money before this broadcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Serino and Dawn Marie, thank you so much for being looking out for us in the chat. And uh, let me see, Kevin, who just took the NYPD test. Congratulations. He said he scored a 91. That's Mike, all of our uh, – thank Mike, you, guys. What's that? Mike MC says, when are you, when are you getting uh, Detective Pat back? Which we should. We should, we should have Detective Pat back. We Detective Pat back. was one of our favorite guests. Unfortunately, he's hard to get on the show. He's busy. He's retired. He did 30 years, but the guy's got to work three jobs still. I don't understand why he needs three jobs. You know, he just – he got divorced right after he – uh, retired. All of a sudden, he's working more jobs than he was when he was on the police department. I was like, "Please, Pat, you gotta, you gotta stop working one of these jobs." You know, it's crazy. We'll get him back, though. We'll definitely get him back. I want. Yeah, we love we love Detective Pat, but you know, he's uh, he works as a part time cop in Somers. He works at a hospital working security, and he works some other job. You know, and I say he goes into bars with his shield around his neck and says he's a state liquor authority inspector. And he has to test the Coronas to see if they have the right amount of alcohol level. You have PBAs here. <laughs> yeah, he drinks, he drinks Pap's Blue Ribbon. I didn't even know that existed. Do you have PBRs here? I need to test them. <laughs> I need to test those Pap's Blue Ribbons. What are you guys drinking in Florida? You don't drink Pap's Blue Ribbon, right? I'll drink a Pap's by the pool, of course. Everybody <laughs> likes Coronas out where do you live over there? I mean, is your neighborhood nice? Uh, what we got? What kind of spread do you got? Yeah, I live in Wellington. I live uh, almost an hour away from here, from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, that's, that's nice. for the schools for the kids. You know, that's like if you uh, lived in uh, in New York, you would live uh, like where uh, in the palatial estates where Bill lives, in, yeah. up in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real packs. Or, or if you lived, if you took the other route, because there's two routes you could take. You can go upstate in New York, or you could head out to Long Island. Or you, and in Long Island, you'd probably be in Suffolk County because you couldn't afford Nassau County on a cop salary. That's true. Tom Cusinelli, thank you so much for the 4.99 super chat. You know, our buddy Duty Ron is in the Bahamas, and that guy can't stop. He was doing a show today live from the Bahamas on uh -huh. uh, Natalie Holloway. He was staying in the same hotel or something she was at. He was doing an update on that story. I was like, this guy can't even go on vacation. He's got to do a podcast, you know? <laughs> that was an interesting case, man. That was sure was It sure was, man. So in regards to Fort Lauderdale, like, um, you know, tell us a little about what, what, like, the average patrol officer has to look forward to. Uh, who's going to be on the beach? Is that a detail? Is that those guys are just on the beach or – no, that's a, so that's a shift pick. Uh, every year we do shift pick, and you get to pick your district uh, based on seniority. So basically the guys that are on the beach probably picked it, and they're probably senior. Usually that's how it goes. Oh, really? That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, your seniority actually matters here. It, it means something. It helps you get the days off you want, the district you want. It does. It, uh, in the NYPD, it does too when it comes to vacation. You know, like I've been in a situation where I had a day off, and all of a sudden – like the guy that I asked prior to putting in for that day off, he said, yeah, I don't have nothing planned. And all of a sudden he goes, yeah, I, I got something to do. Like, like the day before. So it, it, it happens. Tough. But yeah, but that seniority, that's the one thing I liked about uh, the NYPD was the seniority. I, I liked that, that, that there's a, you know, that if you get up there, you, you're, you know, you can do that. But let me right. ask you something, Brandon. Is is rank? How is rank made in Fort Lauderdale? Is it on a civil service test, or are you appointed to a rank? No, yeah, it's all tested. So you, you can test for sergeant and then lieutenant and captain, and you go all the way up. There's a test but for that's, level. But that's not true in all departments, though, right? 
No, I think you see the smaller departments. They have more appointments than, than the bigger departments. We're, we're a pretty good-sized department. There's testing for everything. Yeah, there was a, a detective from Manhattan Special Victims, uh, first grader, and great, great detective. And he was appointed on a small department down in Florida to captain. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, uh, he was a, yeah I, I didn't know that that could happen, but I guess it does, right? Mark, imagine yeah, they appointed you to part. captain. <laughs> <laughs> imagine Mark walked in. They said, "Oh, you're a captain." Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> you speak Spanish. You're now a captain, Capitan de Mayo. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's a great. That's a great TV show we could write. <laughs> if I got, if I retired, and all of a sudden I started putting out my, because. You know, you, I mean, you probably haven't watched the episodes, but Bill is the real deal. You know, he was a homicide detective. Me, I was a comedian while I was on the job. So uh, everything that I did kind of sort of coordinated about my about what I had to do at night. That's where I worked. And uh, even though I was a detective and I handled cases, whatever. But, yeah, that would be an interesting show. <laughs> that would be a great, great sitcom if I became the captain of, uh, of a police department somewhere, <laughs> some small town. I'll start looking out for you. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, just just by applying. <laughs> 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 Lieutenant Pete, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. We appreciate it. Oh, by the way, uh, some of you police off the cuff fans, I'm just, I probably shouldn't say this to them, but tomorrow night I have an unbelievable guest. I have uh, Lizzie Hershberger who left the Amish community because of uh, sexual abuse. And she wrote a book called Behind Blue Curtains. Tomorrow I'm having her uh, as a guest at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's please listen in tomorrow night. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great show. What else are we going to talk about now? So what the uh, how about now Fort Lauderdale, the population just explodes during certain seasons, right, because of the tourists. And are the tourists the problem as far as becoming crime victims? They do. They do become crime victims when they come down here. They're, you know, they think they're going to the beach and they're completely oblivious that they're they're in a big city and there is crime here. Right. You know, leaving bags in the front seat, putting purses in their in their front seat, stuff like that. Those same idiots. Those same idiots live in New York too. They do the same thing in New York. You know? Everywhere. I love a person that'll leave like a thousand dollar laptop, like sitting in Starbucks as he goes to get a double mocha or whatever the hell it is. And then he comes back to his, first of all, he shouldn't even go into Starbucks because they don't like the police. But anyway, that's a side, but they, they just leave stuff out. Like they have no respect for their property. You know, in, the, in New York, if you go to the beach, you got to go with three people because if you just go, you and your girl, somebody's got to watch the stuff. So you both <laughs> can go, you can't go in the water at the same time. <laughs> you come out of the water and she's like, how was it? I'm like, oh, it's really cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then she gets a chance to go in because you can't leave your stuff. Like if you ever go to the beach by yourself, you you, you literally go in the water and you're holding your cell phone and your wallet. <laughs> but that's a real New Yorker. A real New Yorker knows. Brandon, right. someone wants to know what it's like to wear the vest, the bullet resistant vest in the heat down there. Oh, that's oh it's great. Thing. It's probably everybody's favorite thing is getting to wear <laughs> dark blue in the sun, 92 degrees with the, the heavy vest on top of it. But we have we have outer carriers. So you can kind of, you know, loosen them up and get some air once in a while. But in the summer, man, that is that's something else. You want to lose a couple pounds oh, that's, in the summer on the street. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Whenever I had to work up uh, like a detail, like a parade or something like that, when I was a detective and I, I never wore, especially if it was going to be hot, I knew. Like, cause you could pull the vest out and you could see steam coming out of yeah. the, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Shoot me. I don't give a shit. This is the way I'm going out. I'm going out, but I'm not going to go out so uncomfortable. You know who would never wear their vests? Bodybuilders. Cause they didn't <laughs> like the way, it, you know, it, it messed up their pecs. You know, they had to, they, yeah, they didn't like wearing the vest. I said, to have little Arnold Schwarzenegger Jr. get shot, and then he won't give a shit about his body anymore, his bodybuilding pecs, you know? They think, they think they're bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you talking about the guys that take in their sleeves a little bit? Yeah, yeah. They, they cut it. They, there's a slice you can do there and take it in a little bit. I remember I was on a detail one time, and, and the FBI had a whole contingent, and this guy was like, I mean, jacked, and it was like 10 degrees out. And he wouldn't put a jacket on because he wanted everyone to see his his guns and his pecs. I was like, look at this moron. 
I thought it was like Sylvester Stallone in one of those movies where he's on on the glacier. You ever see that? And he's got a t-shirt on. Just a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, in regards to the vest, like you guys get to wear shorts, though, right? Oh, we just approved a summer uniform. Finally, uh, I've well, almost twenty years here. You you live in a place where it's always summer. Isn't shorts supposed to be like kind of sort of like all year round? You think, but I think we were encouraging heat stroke for a while, so you wanted everybody to be in polyester long pants. What does that take to get that passed, to get, like, let these guys have a summer uniform? Uh, it was a policy change. It shouldn't have been very difficult, but then, you know, there's money attached to it, so it makes it a little different. Because well, everybody it's needs a little more challenging, out, right? Yeah. So they issued the pants. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. What, what is your uniform allowance over there? No, they issue it all to you. So they'll give you a uniform allowance. You get issued all of your, all the equipment except for the gun. That's the only thing you have to buy. If your pants ripped, do you got to bring the ripped pants back? Yeah, you bring the ripped pants back. They give you another pair. You get them. That's, that's what we used to have to do. If you rip your pants, you had to bring them back. <laughs> so yeah. look, I got shot here. This is the bullet hole. You can see it right here. <laughs> what do they do with those? They recycle them. You know? Who knows, man? They better put 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 a patch on them. You know, Brandon on the NYPD. They give you a uniform check right before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So naturally, no one buys uniforms. They spend it for their kids on Christmas. And that's yeah. where a term came in. They call old-time cops hairbags because they never bought uniforms, so it looked like hair was growing out of their uniforms. They call right. them hairbags. It's a little NYPD history there. Maybe yeah. Lieutenant Pete, who's in the chat, could uh, either agree or disagree with that uh, terminology there. <laughs> I like that you end up with a 15-year-old uniform because you never wanted to buy new pants, right? That's right. Well, you know what the best thing is is after 20, if you can still fit in your uniform, you did a good job, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was lucky. When I retired, I still fit in it. I could too. I, you know, But then you see the guys that got, you know, the, they, they put on 125 pounds from the academy to 20 years, right? Yeah, there was quite a few of those too. But I would imagine if, uh, like, a Fort Lauderdale cop, you're not going through the seasons over there, so you probably it's easier to maintain this. Do you got a lot of fat cops over there? Probably not as many as other places. <laughs> he's a union guy. He's not allowed to say that. I can't hear the union president. I guarantee you, fat cops. It's not. It's not as bad as over here. I guarantee you. I guarantee you're right. Because just just for the fakes. Just for the sake that it's hot all year, so you most people are going to try to do something physical, or you just lose weight just by sweating all day. You know, there's no winter to pack on those winter pounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Over here, even even the guys who are in shape during the winter, like uh, you know, they 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 pack on 15, 20 pounds because over here the food's really good too. So everyone sure. know. And back when I was working, it was on the arm. I don't know if you have that over there. You got that OTA over there? Yeah, I know that. No, He's no, not allowed there. to say that, you know. <laughs> Actually, with the FOP, you show your FOP card, and we get a discount certain places. We have some partners that do that for us. Wow. Starbucks, right? Yeah, you know, Starbucks was number one. Starbucks loves when he comes. Do, do you guys also boycott Ben and Jerry's like me? I won't buy that. No Starbucks. What else do I boycott? Nike. I'm like running out of places to buy shit. For boycotting, listen, I boycotted Gillette <laughs> because the, because they made some stupid statement earlier in the year about uh you know that slogan they used to have, be the best uh, you can be or best man, and then it was like uh, I don't know they just like went really woke. I was like you know what I'm getting uh, these other razors. I got them online and they were coming. I don't know what happened. They stopped coming and then all of a sudden I I, I could I needed razors so I, I I'm back to Gillette. That's it. <laughs> they won. Yeah, we'll boycott them, but that's not why. You let one. You got me, man. I'm running out of places to boycott because I don't know what else to, you know, where I can get stuff, you know. I mean, my kids are trained too. They won't eat Ben and Jerry's either, you know. If you don't like ice cream, it makes it really easy. Oh, you don't like ice cream? I like I like Hagen Dust Carmel Cone. It's my favorite. And I didn't even get it. We didn't even get a commercial for that. And it's <laughs> 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 right? 
It's made by real, real Americans, Germans. Yeah, real Americans. Actually, Hagendas was a made-up name. They claimed it was like a village somewhere, and has no. It's just it was just made up. You know? uh -huh, that's a good name. Ryan Investigative Group says boycott Starbucks, Nike, Coke, Subway, and Ben and Jerry's. I boycott all of them. Ryan Investigative Group. Thank you for the five dollars super chat. List some more. I'll boycott any of them. Just keep throwing us money. Subway too. Huh? Subway. What did Subway do? I know. Really. Subway did something. I don't call. I don't. I don't have Subways often, but when I do, I mean, there was nothing like Blimpy. Blimpy was the best, but somebody was doing cocaine in the eighties, and they they Blimpy should have been. Uh, what was that place? Uh, Blimpy should have been Subway, but the head of that. Remember Blimpies? I remember it. Yeah. It was huge. And then all of a sudden, Subway just took over. Look, Brandon doesn't eat sure. anything. Look he doesn't that. eat. He doesn't eat anything that he shouldn't eat. That's too many calories. You can see that he's in perfect what Florida is that? shape. Is that a thirty-two? Yes. Uh, is that thirty-four. Don't look too close. By the thirty-four, second. man. I haven't been thirty-four since I was twelve. Thirty-four. <laughs> oh my God! God bless you. But the union guy has to be in good shape too, you know, because he's gotta <laughs> he's gotta get the respect of the rank and file. When I played that video, did you see? I thought those cops were like indoctrinated. The one says, You gotta do what's right when no one's looking. I was like, Oh, who threw that line to her? You know? <laughs> Where'd you get That's that an line? Older video. From? I actually haven't seen that one. What's that? That was an older video. I actually haven't seen that one. Yeah, that that's four years old. I pulled it up off of YouTube. You probably got a new one on the Fort Lauderdale website, right? Probably, yeah. Do you guys now? Do you guys have a twenty-year pension or twenty-five or fifty-five? How does it work? We had a twenty-year pension until twenty fourteen. It's a twenty-five-year pension now, um, but we have a so we have your top pay. You get seventy-five percent of twenty-five years, and then we have what's called a drop program. I don't know if they had that in New York, but you can drop for eight years, so it's a deferred retirement option. Yeah, they have it's um, what's that called again? Uh, vesting. They call vesting out. You can invest. Yeah. I think now you can invest after five, and you know, at once you hit the twenty year, even if you left the job, you'd get something after twenty years. I think that's it. But the, our new cops get screwed though. They had like a tier six, and their overtime isn't pensionable, which is ridiculous. Uh, you know, hey, you guys, that's big. The overtime being pensionable, so we we'll make up all our money on the on the back end during the drop. So the guys will get to their max retirement percentage. And then they go into the drop and the money goes into an account for them. And it actually makes interest while it's in that account. So they can oh, cash so that you, thing out. So you, you could retire and, and then get paid a salary, but your retirement's locked in. Is that what you mean? Yeah, you're collecting your retirement, but goes into an account for you. And wow, you can do that, that for eight years. Continue to work for eight years and let it build interest in that account. And then you take that lump sum out when you're done or take it as a disbursement. Wow, that's beautiful. And you know what's yeah, great about that? You're already working where you're going to live when you get old anyway. Exactly. So you're already there. I have to go far. Yeah. Do you guys have three quarters? Like, for example, on an injury uh, over here, we have we used to have what's called three quarters. So you get like three quarters untaxed. Um, so if you had an injury, a line of duty injury, you can leave with basically 100% salary. Yeah, the line of duty medical is the same thing. It's uh, three quarters. So I can come down there at 54 years old, get on your police department, get three quarters injury <laughs> about a year later. <laughs> they, they, they heard about you. They ain't taking yeah, you. Sniff you out on that one. <laughs> they'll come down there and they'll say, no way. We, we ain't taking you. That's not, it's another TV show, The Oldest Rookie, me going through the academy over there at 54 years old. There you go. Go before the pension board trying to get your disability benefits. <laughs> Thank you, Andy from London. Andy gave us four ninety nine in pounds, so we're getting pounds now too. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's like eleven dollars American money, <laughs> right? Isn't it? It's more, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what a pound is these more. days. It's more. What Andy, Andy's threw us four ninety nine in pounds. That's God, kind of God that bless the Queen. <laughs> no, it's probably six bucks here, seven bucks. I bet. That's great. That's yeah. Excellent. God bless him. So, uh, Brandon, as far as union representation, how how um, busy are you with union matters as far as 
talking to the cops, representing the cops, being seen in the precincts. Are, are you busy in that way? I'm, I'm very busy. I actually, uh, you would think this is like a 40 hour a week job, but it's more like 80. My phone never stops. Um, just basically the, all the labor matters, the political stuff, it, it, it really never stops. Uh, we have, you know, we have impact bargaining on certain matters. So there's a lot of things that we're dealing with contracts. It just, uh, it's just a continual perpetual emotion machine. You, you don't ever get off that treadmill. Wow. And how yep. connected uh, are you with the other FOPs in the state, in around the nation? Like, uh, do you guys have meetings together with the FOP? Um, how, how, how are you connected as far as you mentioned about being in the FOP negotiations, getting the best contracts for your, for your officers? Um, how, how do you coordinate that? Like how many meetings are there? How do you know how everybody's on the same page? Yeah, we have a, we have a monthly and we have a district meeting monthly. And then we have conferences that we go to for the state so that everybody gets together for the state and there's classes, there's training, education, and then there's input between the districts and then the state on the state level. And then we go to a national conference, which we have uh, every two years. We actually have that this year in Indianapolis. Coming you, up in uh, August. Are you working your way up the FOP too and trying to get up there? No, yeah. no, this is this is good. This is this is enough for me. The FOP is uh, it's a it's a great organization. I don't have any national aspirations or anything like that. The higher you get, the this is. I can't imagine. The higher you get, the more on the arm you get. <laughs> Does it work like that? I don't know. Yeah. So, so Brandon, are you now working uh, for the FOP and you're retired from the Fort Lauderdale Police? How does that work? No, we're it's a full-time position, so I'm still uh, – like I, I left uh, Violent Crimes and came over here, and I'm full-time here at the FOP office. Right there behind me is my office, and I'm here every day, 8 to 4, and that's that's my duty. That's what they pay me for. So, so you, get, you get your salary from – Fort Lauderdale Police, and then you get some money from also the FOP. From yeah, there's a stipend from the FOP. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's supposed to make up for the fact that I can't work overtime in details because it wouldn't even be possible physically. Right. Right. That's well, good. Good. Shit. You. Well, it, it seems like the uh, members. Oh, by the way, Carlo Fognoli is in the live chat right now. He stopped in. He apologized for being late. I said we we played your video. You missed it. So that's it. Right. Oh, we, can't, we can't we can't replay it but uh and carlo um brandon did praise you he says you're a hell of a detective and it's good to have uh have the new york accent in the office right <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> that is great <laughs> my mom's down there man i'm gonna tell you you were on the show i wanted you to uh maybe pass by make sure they're okay <laughs> <laughs> She's been down there for like 10 years. She likes it, but the pandemic screwed everything up over there. And uh, she's scared to come out. Not, not scared, but they don't go out as much as they used to. That's for sure. They're gamblers. They go to the casino. Are they at the Hard Rock? Is that where they're going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're big in the Hard Rock, man. And then you she know, said pictures from the big guitar building or no? Yeah. Every, <laughs> they play the uh, the, the slot machines. They're, they call them tournaments. I don't know why. It's like there's no skill set involved in it. You just push the button. But apparently, the tournament and the, and they win. They win from time to time. <laughs> There's That's the beautiful palm trees of Fort Lauderdale. So if you want to go down to Fort Lauderdale, be a cop. That's what you'll be guarding those three palm trees what, there. What are the better hotels to stay at? Because when I went down there in 1986 for my spring break, no, it was uh yeah, it was 1986. Yeah, 86 spring break. Um. I think the Yankee Clipper and the Trader were the the two big hotels. What are they now? The Yankee Clipper is now the B Ocean. Uh, man, there's everything. There's Atlantic. There's Ritz. There's the Hiltons, Pier 66. There's some beautiful resort hotels. The W. There's a ton of them right on the beach. So if if I had if my one of my kids wanted to go down there and raise a ruckus, where, where's the best place to, <laughs> to raise a ruckus? <laughs> Actually, your kids are probably like the W. They got a rooftop pool over there that overlooks the beach. It's a pretty cool experience. That's cool. Well, coming up on uh, 55 Minutes, I, Brandon, we just uh, want to thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, it's always great to get um, 
the union heads of some of the other police departments and see if they're experiencing the same problems that New York City is. And I've interviewed a lot of them with Ed Mullins, who's the president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. He has a podcast called To the Point with Ed Mullins. And we've interviewed uh, the one, the guy from Buffalo, the guy from Chicago, uh, one from Syracuse, uh, Seattle. And I mean, think of the enormous problems some of these unions have in th that city. And one good thing that you have is you have a good governor back in New York, thank God. And that I'm sure makes your job a bit easier, even though the whole the whole country really is in the anti-police climate right now. Yeah, well, we're pretty lucky too. We have we have a good relationship with our local government. Uh, we have a good city manager, our commissioners, our mayor. Everybody's generally supportive of us. So at least we have that in Fort Lauderdale. That's great. That's fantastic. Mark, any final uh, words? Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to be at Paisano's this Thursday night. I'm not. I'm going to miss the show. I'm sorry, folks. Um, but I'm going to be headlining Paisano's, which is in Rutherford, New Jersey. It's a uh, Paisano's Next Door Lounge, 132 Park Avenue. Uh, you can visit uh, paisanos.com if you're in the area that uh, I think is Bergen County, New Jersey. Rutherford, New Jersey there. Come. It's going to be a great show. I got a lot of new material for everybody. Once The, uh, the album's going to drop soon, too. We're just going over the album cover. So a lot of big things happening over here in Mark the Mayoville. That's great. This is my guest for tomorrow night. Her name is Lizzie Herbsman. She wrote a book called Behind Blue Curtains, and she basically tells her story of the sexual abuse she encountered uh, being brought up in the Amish community in, in Minnesota. And uh, she's going to be on the show and talk about her story. And 30 years after it, after it occurred, she actually held her rapist accountable, and he was arrested, and he was prosecuted and convicted. I, I think he actually... Um, he actually pled guilty. And now she's uh, a married mother of four children. She put all of this stuff behind her. And as I said, she wrote this book, Behind Blue Curtains. And uh, I'm going to interview her tomorrow night, along with uh, her Molly uh, Maeve Egan, who helped her write this book and is sort of a life coach um, to Lizzie Herzberger. Anyway, guys, uh, and Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'd love to have you come back one day if you got any uh, new stories to tell, or you know, you always have new stories to tell in that job. And uh, yeah, for sure. you know, people uh, in, in New York, I'm sure cops would love to go down and work in the Fort Lauderdale Police. So, anyone watching this, if you got your 20 or 25 years, you want to go down to a great police department, Fort Lauderdale could be for you, right? FLPDjobs.org. Come on and apply, guys. You get a pay raise. <laughs> That's great. And a tan at the same time, right? That's right. It sounds like a great deal to me, man. If I was going to be a cop and I was 20 years old, 25 years old, you know, right there, I just, why not? Why not? Right, exactly. No winters, no more snow. I know. Oh, I'm so sick of the snow, you know? Yeah. Yep. God bless Carl, you, man. You're doing Carlo Fog, Carlito Fogg says, it's an awesome job here. So many NYPD guys are coming down south. You do. And he says they give you a speedo from the equipment <laughs> section that says Fort Lauderdale, uh, <laughs> Fort Lauderdale PD on it. <laughs> that's a secret he wasn't supposed to tell you. That's right. That's right. That's that New York sense of humor, you know. So, you know, it's so funny. Cops are the best ball breakers of other cops. And people in other jobs, they can't understand the, the, the type of humor we have. But your skin isn't thick enough to take cop humor. You don't belong on the job. I I feel anyway. You know. I agree. It's how we relieve stress, right? Yeah. Hey, hundred percent. Right. It was fun. We had a good time tonight. What do you think? Did you have Thanks, a good guys. time? You like it? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Listen, when I come down there, I'm looking you up. Yeah. I'm, do it. I'm probably going to come down in a couple of uh, maybe like two months. I'll come down. I'll shoot you uh, a message. Like, yeah, you know, come on down. I'll show you some good spots. Yeah, cool, man. I'm excited. Thanks for being a guest. Uh, for those of you out there uh, that are fans of the show, don't forget we have a Patreon. Um, go check it out. We put up original content on there. Bill has his show, uh, that, he, like, for example, what he's doing tomorrow night uh, behind Blue Curtains. Um, I put up stories up there, Mark DeMeo's uh, story time with Mark DeMeo. It's a lot of fun. 
And we also have, uh, please, if you haven't subscribed yet to our YouTube channel, please do that. Um, Bill, what else? I think you covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think all well, of we have a website too now. That's right. We, we have policeoffthecuff.com, right? It's going to have lots, okay. of, lots of fun and games on that too. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. We, we're, we're building up a merge page. So we're, go we're going to be creating – we have a new logo for those of you who, have, who haven't noticed. Uh, we went through a lot of trouble to get a new logo. We got a new uh, – uh, we're branding in a different way. But we're going to be able to put our brand on uh, T-shirts and hats, coffee mugs, all that stuff. We have a merge page right on our website, which is policeoffthecuff.com. Visit that if you want. Uh, and we're, we're trying to uh, – I hope at some point we could get a Detective Pat shirt. And we could get a, maybe a Miss Homicide shirt. That's always been a dream of ours. And maybe an MC Audio shirt. That would be great, too. I'd love to have an MC <laughs> Wouldn't you love to have an MC we, Audio we, we should get a Lieutenant Pete shirt. He's here every damn night. Yeah, Go yeah. On, man. Well, the two of them together. The Harlem Raiders. The Harlem Raiders Yeah, yeah, shirt, the Harlem man. Raiders shirt. That's for sure, man. So, anyway, I just want to say thank you, Brandon, for coming on the show. You were a great guest. Um, you sound like you're doing God's work down there, man. God bless you. For sure. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Good night, everyone, from Mark DeMeo and Bill Cannon and Brandon Diaz. Police off the cuff, signing out. <laughs>